Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, go check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market. They provide 24-7 support during the season, which separates GameStrat from the rest of the competition. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimesstrategy.com. We'd also like to take a moment to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of our audience knows about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with a playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a priority to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a demo, and let them know we sent you. the Match Point podcast. Uh, tonight we're excited to have uh, Kevin Chisholm. Kevin's the uh, O-line coach out at Harding uh, University in Arkansas. Coach, how are you doing tonight? Great. How are you Listen, why don't you go ahead and kick it off and, uh, you know, talk talk to us about, you know, your background and maybe where you're from, um, where you played and, and you know, kind of how you got to where you're at now on your, your coaching journey. Okay. Um, I have kind of a unique journey, but uh, I grew up in Springfield, Missouri, um, went to uh, Kickapoo High School, which is a pretty good size high school there. Um, and uh, uh, from there, I, I actually played at Harding. Uh, actually, all the coaches on staff at Harding played at Harding. We're kind of unique in that way. Um, and uh, I played for, for Coach Huckabee, was my D-line, D-line coach. I played defense um, and my defensive coordinator. And for those of you who don't know, Coach Huckabee was our head coach who just retired two years ago. Um, and I got a business degree from Harding, and I went into the business world, into sales uh, management. Um, and I spent 10 years in the business world. And in uh, 2010, decided I wanted to do something different. Um, I had spent 130 nights on the road that year. I had three small kids at home and said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, so I decided to go back to Harding, get my MBA. And uh, Coach Huckabee said, well, why don't you coach? And so I came back and he, he was going to help with the O-line. And so I um, started in with him. And uh, uh, so I went through that two-year MBA program. By the second year, I kind of coached the O-line and he uh, moved away from that into more of a, you know, head coaching role instead of position coach. And I just kind of stayed on and I've, I've been doing that ever since. Well, coach, that's actually pretty neat. And you said all the guys that at Harding played there, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Every coach we have on staff played at Harding. That That's pretty cool. That uh, makes it a little bit more special. I'm sure for all of you. It, it does. It's a, uh, you know, the, the way Coach Simmons, uh, who's our head coach now, would say is that it makes it destination jobs for people. Right. right. Yeah, that's cool. So along those same lines, Coach, maybe, I mean, maybe we, we might have heard the answer already, but, you know, maybe talk about a mentor or coach you leaned on, you know, early on. Uh, sure. Um, there were several. My, my high school coach, uh, you know, obviously at – not obvious, but he, he didn't have anything to do with option. He was a pro style coach and uh, his name was Kevin Byrne. Um, but he was really good at building culture, uh, making guys believe they were better than they were. 
uh, high school basketball coach, Roy Green, was the same way for me. Um, and then my father actually coached me in AAU basketball and uh, um, learned probably more, you know, from him than, than, than anyone. Uh, then came to Harding. Uh, coach Huckabee was my, my D-line, my head coach, and then he, he was my boss. Um, for the first seven years that I was at Harding and just a, a great guy as far as building culture. Um, he knew how to get everybody bought, bought in. He knew, um, you know, for us at Harding, you know, we want to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is building men, not necessarily winning football games. Um, we feel like whenever we uh, do things the right way, that winning takes care of itself. So we try not to worry too much about the winning and, uh, and focus on building men and building brotherhood and, um, you know, ra raising up a culture that those guys want to be a part of and that carries on with them as they become fathers and husbands and, um, you know, in the business world or in the coaching world or wherever they go from here, they can carry it with them. Um, and then certainly Coach Simmons has, has picked up right where Coach Huck left off um, and just kind of added his own flavor to it if, if <laughs> yeah. in my drift, but it's the, the message is the same. Um, just a, a different voice that's saying it, but it's a, uh, it's really neat cause it's really easy to believe in, to buy into. Well, awesome. well coach, I, I, that's awesome. And I also think that kind of rolls into the next question. So we'll just go for it. Um, you know, obviously haven't played there defense line, now the O-line coach, uh, you know, tell us what it's like to coach at Harding. You know, what, what is it like? What's it like to go to school there? You know, tell the listeners what it's like in case they're wondering what the school's like. Sure. Um, Harding is a, you know, Christian school. Um, and uh, along with that, there are certain rules with Harding. We have chapel every day. Our, our players take Bible class every semester. Um, there's uh, some curfews at night. You know, there are long pants to class, things like that. There's some structure to it. Um, uh, the, 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 the really neat thing to me is our kids, um, we have unbelievable players. Um, I, I say it's kind of interesting that we run the, the flex zone because our kids are a lot like academy kids. They, they thrive in that structure. Um, so I, I've always told everybody I have the easiest job in America. I've been O-line coach for nine years at Harding, and I've never coached effort a day in my life. Um, you know, I, we, we don't even have to mess with it because we know we've got kids that are going to go out and fight, and they're going to do exactly what you tell them to do. If uh, you ask them to run through a wall for you, they'll, they'll die trying doing it. Um, so uh, great kids. Um, you know, Harding's a good academic school. Um, and, you know, we understand, too, at Harding, that Harding isn't something that everybody's going to want. Um, so what we're looking for is a special kind of, of player. We're looking for a player who, who uh, thrives in structure, who wants to grow as a man, who, who wants to, uh, to learn things and to, to deepen a relationship with God. Who um, wants to learn things that are going to help him be a better man, better a better father, a better husband? Who wants to to uh, to to learn how to to work um, and to learn how to be a great teammate? Yeah, uh, obviously, all of us who run option football, you know, that's that's what we're about. Yeah, uh, being a great teammate, and uh, you know, you come here, and I'm I'm sure you've heard this, you know, a million times in your life. But if you come here, you know, even our receivers are blocking 99% of the time, probably not 99, but it's close. We don't throw it much. <laughs> yeah. uh, when we do, they get to score a lot. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you got to be pretty selfless to play here. That's what it's all about. That's awesome. Hey, Coach, um, uh, speaking of option football, uh, Harden's been in uh, an option team for quite a while now. Um, how, how have you seen it evolve over the years? Um, you know, there's, there's been quite a bit. Um, so I came in the first year, uh, 2010 that we transferred over to the flex bone. Um, coach Wheaton, Kenny Wheaton came in at the same time. Um, and I'm sure most people who follow option football probably know who Kenny is. Um, 
pretty well known. Um, and he's, you know, forgotten more option football than the rest of us probably know. Um, so, you know, we, we had a big advantage <laughs> with him coming in, but, um, you know, back whenever we first started, you know, we were doing what everybody else was doing. We were huddling, we were calling the play on the sideline, sending it in, and then trying to rely on a quarterback to get us right. And, you know, which, you know, if you can do it, that works for you, great. But it, it seems difficult <laughs> to, to us. And it, it was actually a, a, a coach we had named Lee Edwards who had been in the spread for years, Tony Franklin. And he said, well, well why, don't, why don't we go no huddle? Why don't we force the defense's hand a little bit? And, uh, you know, midway through that first season, I think through five games, we were uh, two and three maybe. And then we went no huddle, and we ended up finishing six and four in our first year. And, uh, you know, with the, the history of Harding has been, you know, we've had a lot of 500 teams over the years um, pre, uh, you know, going to the flex bone. Um, and, uh, you know, six and four, first year in the flex bone, boy, that felt pretty good because uh, mm -hmm. I, I think they were two and nine the year before we got here. Um, and so that, that was a huge deal for us. Um, and then from there, it just it just kind of seemed like the evolution of our offense and our package, you know, got refined down to where, you know, where we are now. Which is, uh, uh, you know, that I say there's a lot of different ways to run the flex bone. You know, Navy's a little different than Army. Army's different than Air Force, and you know, GT was different than them, and we're a little bit different than than everybody. But everybody's kind of got their own package, um, and. And our package is just kind of, um, you know, taking care of itself. Kenny and I, uh, uh, every summer, well, we were already started. It's not just the summer, but from now through the summer, you know, we start talking about, well, this is this is what we think we need to carry. This is what we need to tweak. This is what we need to change. And, um, you know, we don't always end up on the right thing. We may change it after week three, but, um, you know, we're – it seems like defenses go in cycles. Uh, it seems like what they're trying to, to do to stop you. If, if uh, you get slowed down one game, you know, you, you're like, well, we're going to see that plan four or five more times next year. And <laughs> you start yeah. preparing for that. And, uh, so it, it just it just changes every year. Um, the other thing that I would say that, that, that we do differently than most people that has evolved since – uh, Kenny came here is how we practice. Um, you know, people, people laugh at us when we say this, but we want to be able to practice all of our plays against every front every day, Yeah, every stunt, every front every day. And, you know, really Kenny will say this too. If, if somebody would have told us that was possible when we, when I started here, when Kenny was, was coaching in Texas, we would have laughed at him. Um, but it's just kind of weird how it's, it's evolved to the point where we can do that. And so, you know, instead of us going into a given week saying, well, you think we're going to see four, three, or we think we're going to see a bear stack, or we think we can, whatever the defense is, we don't worry all that much about it. I mean, we've got it in our head, what we think we might see, but we're practicing every front every day and our kids can just go. And that's, that's been really great for us. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's that's uh, something I definitely want to learn more about for sure. Well, and I, I think that you know we we wanted to get into that you know a little bit with you anyway, so you know, it'd be a good segue to kind of talk about it. You know how you you know how you break it up with your indies and your pods and half lines and you know I know you guys service the defense some too, but um, you know I, I think. You know, I found that style, you know, from Kenny a couple – well, several years ago. But it, it, I believe in that, you know, um, and and having, you know, been through it and having done it other ways, um, you know, this – I mean, just talk about it because I, I think it's a really, really important for our listeners to hear it. Um, and you don't have to, you know, go into complete detail, but just – you know, just kind of talk about each segment, maybe uh, a little bit why you do it, and and uh, and I think it'll make sense once once we kind of get into it. Sure. Um, 
Well, first of all, kind of how we break down our offense. We, we have our big five, what we call them, which is triple zone dive, mid triple, mid double, and toss. Um, those are our big five. And then uh, we normally carry, you know, two to three, what we call mixers, you know, some type of a counter, belly, uh, double option, something else. Um, and those kind of kind of rotate around. Um, but those big five, one of the ways we're different than a lot of people is we'll run any of those plays to any front. So we don't care what the techniques are. And a lot of people say, well, we only want to run this to a three or we only want to run this to an inside technique. And, you know, it really frees you up when you don't have to do that. Um, you, you can, you can run everything to everything and that's, that makes it really easy. Now there are certain things we definitely like better than others, but we're not caught in a bad spot if somebody shifts a defense or, or something like that. Um, the, the, the way this, this kind of came about, we've always done half line, um, which is where we rep triple, mid triple, uh, play action pass, normally a, a double option. Those are the four plays we rep in that period. Um, and, uh, but, but we didn't really do that with mid double. We didn't do it with zone dive. And, uh, we used to run the old zone dive where, you know, we never got a hat on the backer. You know, the backer, you know, the old rule was you only run zone dive when he's skating out. Yeah, uh, place that backer scrapes, yeah. Yeah, and, and if you guess wrong, your fullback gets decapitated by that backer. <laughs> so yeah. we didn't like that anymore. Um, and we saw Navy running zone dive differently. Um, they're the first ones we saw, and, and I actually think it came from somewhere else. It may have come from Lenore Rhine. Um, I don't remember. I know Ashley Ingram at Navy told me where it came from, and I can't remember what he said. Um, but uh, so we started uh, messing with how we were running stone dive because we wanted to be able to run it to everything. Um, and so uh, uh, when we changed over, we created a period basically to rep that play. And we said, well, let, let's try to rep it to everything. So we repped it to a three and a five with an A gap backer or a mic. Then we repped it to a two I and a five with a B gap backer. Uh, then we repped it to a shade and a five with a hip and a mic. And then we repped it to an odd front. And we sat around and we said, you know, there's really nothing else we can rep that to. And so, um, so we, we developed a period. I mean, I say we, Kenny developed most of it. I just put in my two cents here or there. But uh, <laughs> obviously, Kenny developed it. So we said, well, well, why don't we develop a period where we run zone dive and we run mid double and we get up on the right we run three groups through there and we're moving fast and we run it to a, a three a two eye shade and a nose then we go to the left and we run it to a three a two eye shade and a nose uh, and then we'll run mid double to a three a two eye shade and a nose and that's just kind of how it developed and then we throw different stunts in there and we we rotate which odd front we see um but uh, you know, we were able to rep all those plays in 10 minutes. Uh, and, and you have to understand, we are not physical in our team portions at all. Um, people will, will ask us all the time, well, you know, you're so physical, how do you stay healthy? And we say, well, in practice, we're not physical with each other. We get our physicality on bags and cut dummies and stuff like that. We're, we're teaching movements and how to play with pad level and how to uh, unlock your hips and you know, punch and use your hands and things like that. But whenever we're doing these pod periods, I mean, the defense is taking one step and then they're losing. They're just backing up. We're not, we're not making contact. Right. Um, so we call that period group pod and we knock out zone dive and, and uh, mid double in 10 minutes. Um, but, well, the other thing I should probably tell you is because we co-op our defense, we practice in 14 periods which is kind of insane for a college football team. Um, but we don't want to keep them out there all night. And we feel like we can practice at a high enough pace that we can get everything in in 14 periods. We have to make some concessions somewhere. <laughs> we do um, what we call. But at the same time, we want to be really simple. We want to be really good at what we do and not try to get into too much stuff to where we don't feel like we've got an identity of, or, or who we are so anyway that's kind of why some of this stuff's compressed really tight and why we're moving so fast 
Um, we also still do what we now call them old pods. The, the pods we used to do where we have three on three going on. Right. But because we do that group pod period, we use that three on three time to rep what we call junk fronts. So we'll put a rebel, we'll put a two stack, we'll put, you know, anything weird <laughs> that people have thrown at us over the years goes into that three on three period. So our centers and guards or D backs quarterbacks, they're, they're working that out. You know, we'll load uh, load period with our tackles and slots. And then our quarterbacks and receivers will do routes during that time. Um, so that that's, we alternate, we do the, the group pod on Tuesdays. We do the old pods on Wednesdays. Um, then we do inside run on Tuesdays and inside run, we rip belly. Um, and we rep, um, well, we, we have been repping our counter play there. Sometimes it switches around a little bit. Um, but it's the same thing. You know, we, we hit all the fits we're going to see on belly to the right, flip it over, we hit them all on the left. We do the same thing with, with whatever counter we're carrying. Um, and then we get into half line, and that's where we hit our uh, triple, our mid-triple, a, a play-action pass there, um, and then a double option that we're carrying. Um, uh, we also do an option period, but I, you know, I have indie time while they're doing option period. So right. I, don't, <laughs> I don't mess with any of that. Um, but it, it has allowed us to be very efficient on what we carry. And again, we want to be really simple so that our kids can look, they can say, Oh, I got a three, I got to identify it, or I've got a tight file, whatever it is up front and they can play fast and they don't blink at anything. They just go and defense is moving around and wherever they end up, great. We don't we don't care what they're doing over there. That was pretty neat. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And and um, you know, having done it with high school kids, I, I can tell you, um it, it can really make a difference because um, you know, I, you guys get pr pretty good bit of film and I, and I know, you know, sometimes you don't exactly know what's gonna happen defensively, but you know, for us in high school, I can tell you, man, sometimes it, it's, you know, they may be a even front concept for their whole life and they come out against us and they're in like a three, three stack, you know? Right. And so, um, you know, for, for the kids in high school to be able to, to practice that way, not kind of not get phased, you know, by what their line checks are, or what the ABACs uh, communication for perimeter block and that kind of stuff. Well, it really does uh, make a difference. And, um, you know, I saw it with our kids and, and uh, you know, it really, you know, they, they, they came off and, you know, a lot of times you had a lot of questions, you know, before practicing like this and, and you know how it goes, you know, I think I'm seeing this and, <laughs> and it was really not that, you know, and you're trying to fix that. And, you know, and so it really has uh, really tailored things down to be able to, and it, which was important. What I'm saying is, is the correction on the sideline went from, you know, let's say, you know, five sentences maybe to three words, you know, um, and and it, and the kids are already telling you, hey, coach, they're in a the stack. Hey, we got to do, you know, this because you've done it in practice, you know, and you've gone against all those looks, and you know, it was. Uh, it takes some organization. You're right, but boy, man, it really works. So. It really does. Uh, actually, kind of a funny story. Uh, after we went to this, there was one year we were we, we decided we were going to guess the defensive fronts before every game just for fun. Uh, we played 11 games, and we were wrong eight times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man, what people do. <laughs> oh, we, we don't ever see the same thing twice or – you know, or very rarely do we see the same thing twice, and and there's no telling what people are going to come out in. You'll 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 think, oh, they played us four three two years in a row, and you know we think they're going to stay too high, and they'll come out in a four two one high. And you're like, well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you just you just never know, you know, you just never know what somebody's trying to do to stop it. Right. So. Let's see what we got here. We got a few questions left. Um, let's see. Let's talk double option real quick, Coach. Um, 
there's all kind of double options out there. You said you guys go, you, you know, you kind of switch it up week to week maybe on what double option you like to carry in. I've always heard, though, especially from Harding, uh, guys uh, that were teaching me about Harding and everything, they said uh, the only true double option you really need is midline triple, you know. Uh, that, that's what somebody had told me. You know what I mean? I was like, well, that, that, that's kind of true. You know, you, you, you got the dive and the quarterback sitting and pitching a lot of times. You know what I mean? It is a triple, but you kind of see it as a double sometimes. And, uh, you know, there is a counter aspect to that play, which is a little twirl and everything. And uh, um, everybody that starts this offense, you get so fascinated with trying to put in the counter option, the belly option, and all these, you know, double options. Man, that midline triple is where it's at, isn't it? You know, midline triple has been our best play for well, as long as I've been here. Um, there's there's just something about – well, there's a lot of things about that play that make it – you know, I, I think it's the best play in football. Um, and very few teams, at least on the college level, slice it like we slice it, um, which, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure why outside of the fact that when you look at it on paper, it doesn't always look sound. Uh, but boy, it gets the defense stepping the wrong way and does kind of have a counteraction to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I always I, thought y'all were crazy. I was like, they run midline to an A-gap player. You got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> They're trying to get the quarterback yeah. killed. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, you know, it, it's crazy because you know, you've got an A-gap player. You have a shade sitting in there. But, you know, the action of it, he doesn't know if he's being scooped or red. So, you know, it, if he's going to play mid-triple, then we're just going to run triple and scoop him all day and hand the ball to the B-back because he's <laughs> uh, yeah. taking himself out the other way. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've always said if you're in the middle against us, whether you're a mic or whether you're nose guard or a shade, you're in a, you're in a bad spot. It's the worst place to be on the field. You can't be right all the time there. You're going to step wrong, and your coach is going to yell at you, and it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Um, yeah, the, the mid triple uh, has you know, and that more than any play, that's 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 Kenny Wheaton's baby there. He has oh boy, <laughs> has, oh yeah, he has yeah. done a lot with that play, and boy, we have gotten miles and miles and miles out of it. But I think over our nine years, it averages like nine point three yards of carry. Um, it's just to me, it's the difference of if if we run triple and. We get everything great. We get the downhill pitch that we want. Um, you know, we've still got the defense rolling that way. You know, we motioned that way. We based. We scooped. Their eye keys all told them to go that way. And we can we can block it perfect and not get a center or a tackle out and the backside safety get us for 10 yards. You know, and especially because a lot of the teams we play are a lot faster than we are, yeah. uh, especially offense. Now, our defense is really fast. but. Yeah. Offensively, you know, we're, we tend to be playing with a little bit smaller guys. Um, guys, we have some speed, but, you know, a lot of the teams we play have a lot more speed than we do. So, you know, we can do things perfect. We can open up a hole and the backside safety comes over and gets us for a 10-yard game. A lot of times on mid-triple, because it freezes everybody, it's almost like running triple, but everybody's staying in the box for you. So right. when you get it pitched out there, whenever it's when it's right, you know, boy, it really opens up because that backside pursuit's not coming across like it normally does. So uh, to me, that's really the genius of mid triple is that it looks like we're scooping the backside up front. You know, we give them the little twirl motion. We get those backers stepping the wrong way, and you know, it takes the eye keys of the defense and kind of messes with them a little bit. Yep, yep, and it takes the down lineman's uh, uh, key reads and kind of works against them, which which I like too. You know that you know when you're thinking you're facing a backside block, you know you start to squeeze back to that inside to that inside gap, and that's what you want, you know, from a offense perspective. So that that that's uh, yeah, it's a it's a neat play, man. Anytime you can use the defense's keys against it, man, that that helps for sure. Um, everything else is kind of eye candy in the backfield, but you know, but it, you know, you know, and, and uh, that's true. Know. A lot of the stuff that, that, that we do that's a little bit different than most people. Um, you know, uh, another example of that is, is when we run mid double, we use what we call a reach pin with our tackle. 
Um, so we show a defensive end toss, and then we jump back inside of them and, and seal them. And what that does is it, it widens that gap for us. Because if they're reading, they've got to step with us. Right. Uh, That's interesting. I, I haven't seen that. That's interesting uh, concept. Because a lot of times, you know, uh, it's hard to get them fanned and, and you end up logging it and the quarterback's got to bounce it out. You know what I mean? Right. That's right. an interesting topic, you know. Just like uh, – Inside zone, if you will, you know, you're trying to simulate that outside zone look and then, bam, uh, get, them, get them kicked out there, you know, run up inside. I like that. Yeah, I mean, just from an old DN perspective, you know, if you step inside, I'm going to step inside with you. And, you know, uh, especially early on when we were running this offense and I've got a you know, 240-pound tackle, there's a 280-pound D, and I don't want him stepping in there and trying to work the guy back out. That, that's yeah. not going to work very well for us. Yeah. But if I show that guy a toss and let him do the work, step out there, we can punch and jump back inside. Right. Uh, and then, you know, the question I always get is, well, what if they don't step with you? And the answer Kenny will give real quick is, well, the next play, you should run toss. Yeah, <laughs> wrong play call. He's not going to really <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, those two plays, we kind of marry up together, toss and mid-double, and we kind of mess with that DN a little bit. Um, but you know, we do a lot of that stuff of, well, let's let's take how they're coached and let's use it against them. Uh, rather than us trying to win a whole bunch of one-on-one battles, that's, that's not why we're running the flex club. Right. I always thought, uh, just to kind of piggyback on that and talk about a different play zone option, um, I'm not very familiar necessarily how you guys coach it and teach it, but, uh, you know, is, is it just like outside zone reaching kind of, I mean, that guy's got to be a, a, a spiller or somebody's getting hands on your tackle be, to be able to get that. Cause a reach block, man, that's a, that's one of the hardest blocks in football. If that guy's seeing you step out and he's getting out, you know what I mean? That's, 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 that's very difficult. Right. We don't, we don't run near as much zone option as, as Navy does. Um, as you know, I, I saw GT running it this year. Um, you know, I've, I've seen Army run it for sure. Um, basically, we tried to be really simple with it, and the reason why we wanted to be really simple is we don't we don't want to get into a bunch of zone stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't. Again, kind of what you were saying earlier, we didn't we didn't get in this offense to win a bunch of one on one mono mono zone battles. <laughs> you know, if I want to do that, we get the gun, we can run zone option, and, <laughs> you know, zone read stuff. Um, so basically, we're pretty simple. Um, most of the time, whenever we're running that play, it's it turns into quarterback belly for us, and and we kind of block it that way. Um, so. Uh, we we run that you know short yardage is not a big play for us. Um, certainly not as big as uh, some other teams have had. A couple of years ago, we ran it quite a bit. Uh, this last year, we didn't run it hardly at all, and some of that was just the personnel we had and the strengths they had. And um, so you know, we tried to tailor to what they were doing well. And it just depended on the D. I was watching, um, or I got in Dallas. Uh, Ashley Ingham was kind of talking about the play and. Man, there's so many different ways to tag. How you block that perimeter and the end. Right. That, that's kind of what we didn't want to get into is, you know, we put it in. It was really simple for us. We were blocking it one way. And, um, you know, we started getting some defenses playing us where, where they, were, they were having success stopping it. And so uh, Kenny and I sat down and talked about it. We, we basically said, well, we can go the way – Navy is gone and, and have a bunch of tags and stuff. And it's like, well, then it kind of becomes like half our offense because we got to practice all that stuff. And so, again, getting back to being really simple, we said, well, I w- we would rather kind of back off the play a little bit and just use it for what it is yeah. uh, when we carry it um, instead of going down that road and it being like, well, now we've got to spend these two periods practicing this zone option. Um, you know, we don't have that kind of time. We can't, we can't find that kind of time to be good at it or what we, what we think we can be good at. You know, there are uh, certain years that we'll carry the, the counter log option. You know, when GT calls 18, 19, or 16, 17, they run a couple yeah. different ways. Yeah. Um, 
But most years we don't just because of the time that that play takes to be good yeah. at versus, you know, we look at uh, – actually, I was talking to Kenny the other day, and he said this exact thing. He said, well, well, let's say we're running 70 plays a game, which, you know, we're the slowest no-huddle team in the history of no-huddle team. So <laughs> that's probably accurate. If we run 70, the opponent's probably running 50 and game's over. Right. <laughs> um, but if we run 70 snaps, you know, probably 55 of those are the big five. And then you throw in seven or eight play-action plays, then we've got six plays that we're running mixers. So how much time do we want to put into those? And they need to sit a very specific purpose for, for something we want to do or something we're seeing. So if it's a play, you know, that we're going to run twice in a game, we don't want to spend 10 minutes working on it. Right. Because the, what you get out of it's not worth it. Right. Um, so just making those decisions and, and, you know, the 14 periods really forces us to say, hey, we got to get as much bang for our buck as we can, no matter what we're carrying. That's hey, great advice. That, Coach, that brings up a great point, you know, about making sure you're really good at your base plays, mm-hmm. um, you know, really good. And, and taking the time to really rep those techniques and, and schemes and and then you know like you said you kind of got to find what's what's the least expensive compliment that we can do you know to make it all go and uh you know i think that's where y'all have really kind of pushed the envelope I, I think you know a couple formations y'all y'all get into a little bit and then but but the, this whole process of practicing against everything and then making sure you're really good at your base plays and I think that's kind of how you guys have pushed it forward, I think. Well, what Kenny would always say, and I'm 100% in agreement with this, is that we don't, we don't beat people by out-scheming them. We beat people because we're really detailed, and we're going to out-execute you at what we do. Uh, and if we start getting into having to out-scheme people every week, you know, somebody's going to get us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We're, we're not that smart. <laughs> we better be just good at what we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Coach, can you can you talk a little bit about um, the, the the camps that you and Kenny do, and uh, maybe how people can uh, get a hold of you guys? Uh, are you are you still you guys still doing that in the summertime? We do. We do some install stuff, some regional um, camp stuff um, that is 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 just to to help schools that you know we have some schools that that, um, you know, have, have been with us for a long time. And then uh, we have a large number of people who are wanting information, you know, they're wanting to know how to coach it, how to run it, um, and uh, with, it, with their coaches. And then we, we do these regional camps um, as well, and, and schools can host these regional camps. Um, uh, basically, uh, what we do is we come in for three days and we work you know, from step one, kind of, you know, um, and, and it's just like we would do it at Harding. We start off with tiny details and then we build it into something that's moving and, and, and looking okay. But we're starting off, you know, up front, rolling our knee, taking a step and, and uh, t- teaching the coaches how to coach, you know, where the step is, where the path is, um, you know, all that stuff, and, and we spend uh, two days. Really, it's over a three-day period, but we spend two days um, just just installing, um, working with with uh, coaches, players, um, getting them to where um, they've got a pretty good understanding uh, when we leave as to what this is, what it uh, what it takes. They know the package. They know how to coach each position. Um, and you know, hopefully they get a ton out of it. Uh, most of, you know, I, I don't know that we've ever gotten a bad review that I know about. Of course, I, I might not hear about it if we did. <laughs> no, like, y'all haven't got any bad you. reviews. I, I, I can say that because I've, I've I've pushed several people your way, and they've been very very pleased with the results. So good, good. It's the it, it, it's good for us. You know, it. Uh, you know, I, I've told lots of people that. That I, I've been the O line coach. That's all I've ever coached in Harding, and, and been with Kenny for nine years. 
but I know the back end of the flex bone because I sit in on all those things every summer that, and watch Kenny teach it over and over again. Yeah. So it's invaluable to me. I learn something every year going through those and, uh, and watching them. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, I've been with him nine years and I'm still learning stuff. He'll say something. And I go, well, you've never said that before, <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, they're fun. Um, we, we do, really we do about 10 of those a summer we can't really do more than that uh, with family and um, you know we don't want to be exhausted going into our season um, but but they're they're definitely fun and and I think you know it is really hard to install the flex bone without help um, you know even if you're just talking to somebody you know there's something different about having somebody come in there and telling you hey this is exactly how we do it and this is exactly the reasons why we do it this way. Um, and, and we've seen a lot of schools be able to turn around their programs, um, kind of like we did at Harding, um, by installing this stuff and having kind of a, a, a leg to stand on as far as, well, I know why we're doing this. And I know, you know, if I'm seeing this, this is kind of what I want to call. And, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty valuable to people, I think. You know, I tell people a lot of times there's, there's four or five really good ways to run the flex bump. We're one of those, I think. Uh, but there's about a hundred ways to mess it up <laughs> and run it really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and when it looks bad, and we definitely have plays where we look bad, boy, it looks bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Coach, you, uh, you guys have a, a clinic coming up uh, as well. I was just looking it up. It uh, looks like uh, – there at UConn, or did the, the, the UConn clinic already happen? No, it's coming up this weekend, right? Weekend, it's it's a uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, hopefully, the weather stays stays good over in Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> heard rumblings that maybe a little snow over there, but hopefully not. And that'll that's two days, um, and it'll it'll be uh, Kenny and myself and and Jeremy Reed will do a, a couple hours as well with some stuff that they do that's a little different than us and. I know Jeremy's been on here before. You guys know Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. Really good football yeah. coach. Um, oh, yeah. Great, great guy. I, yeah. I think really highly of Jeremy Reed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he would be worth the price of admission, you know, by himself, actually. I, <laughs> I'd pay to go hear him. Um, but it, it's fun. We do that every year. And uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy being able to talk to the coaches. And uh, – I think I enjoy in between presentations as much as I do presentations, just, just talking to guys and finding out what they're struggling with and seeing if we can help them. And, um, Oh, I, I did forget to mention if with the, the, the clinics and, and things, uh, the, the website that we use is the Wheaton system.com and you can get on there and you can see information and contact information and stuff. So, um, that's, uh, that's online. Easiest way to find us. All right. Coach, uh, you know, we're winding down here, but, uh, you know, if you could do us a favor, maybe, you know, as the O-line coach, maybe talk about, you know, two everyday drills you kind of do with your guys to kind of reinforce, you know, fundamentals of option football. I mean, I know you guys could – sitting this you know talk coach stance for like four days you know what i mean but like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know but, you know and I, i'm with you trust me i'm with you uh but you know maybe just you know two drills the listeners could pick up you know just to kind of reinforce some things and maybe you know things you do every day you feel are just critical you know for your position sure sure um well first of all i would say that that my players are probably the most bored in the country because we have one drill for everything, you know, for each movement that we make. And we do that drill over and over again all year long because I want them to learn to make the movement as perfect as they can over and over again. I don't want them to learn how to do a different drill. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the business of teaching drills. So I want that muscle memory to go the same every time they run it. So, you know, whenever I'm looking at the butt shot on the film, I can go, all right, I see exactly what we, we work on and I can see the path they're taking, the, where their feet are landing and where their hands are. And, um, 
you know, I, I tell coaches all the time that are just getting into this, look, if you're a coach that needs a lot of variety and you get bored doing something the same way every day over and over again, you're in the wrong thing. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm standing there saying, no, that's not a six-inch step, that's a three-inch step. So you need to take a six-inch step. You know, I'm <laughs> doing little tiny things like that. And it, it, it definitely not for everybody. Yeah. Um, but a couple of things we do, you know, in our pre-practice, we do board work. Uh, a lot um, you know we're, we're trying to stay on vertical tracks getting our our uh, uh, o-linemen to take those pigeon toed steps that force them vertically up the field um, you know a lot of what I talk about is, is tracks up front staying on tracks um, not getting our bodies turned um, so so we spend a lot of time uh, working on base, working on helmet and hands, uh, pad level. Um, we do, uh, you know, we, we scoop off of cut dummies. Uh, we position those cut dummies uh, on the sideline so that we can use the, the sideline as markers as far as, you know, trying to get guys to keep their second step back um, when, when they're flat scooping or long scooping, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, so we're not getting down into the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time in the chutes with the heavy bags. We have the 100-pound dummies, um, and we spend a lot of time rolling our knee and, and trying to get into that bag vertically, not at an angle. Um, you know, Coach Huck, one of the things he, he told me, and I say it to my players all the time, I, I actually just went up to uh, Nebraska. Our, our center from last year, Bryce Bray, just won the Remington Award for D2, which is was the best center in the country. That's awesome. Yeah. Bryce started – 50 games for us, which is unreal. Um, you know, if somebody can start 50 games, that's, that's a ton of games. Yeah. Um, but I, I was telling him, I said, uh, you know, Coach Huck, when I came in, said, you know, coming off the football and playing with a flat back solves a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so no matter what, we want to be the most physical team, no matter what. You know, we want to come off the football. We want to stick our face mask in people's chests, and we want we want people to be not happy about having to play us up front. And we, we can do all of the other stuff perfect, and if we're not coming off that ball and creating six inches of movement, it doesn't matter what else we're doing back behind um, because we're going to be in trouble. So we spend a ton of time in the shoots, and we've got a low sled that we drive off of, and um, – you know, the great thing about my guys is that they take such pride in that stuff. You know, they want to be, you know, we've said a lot, hey, we are never going to be a dirty football team, but we will be the nastiest group of suckers you've ever seen in your life. And, and they take so much pride in, hey, nobody else is going to play this low. Nobody else is willing to go through this and practice. So we're going to do it so that, so that, you know, we can come out on game day and people aren't going to want to play us at all. Uh, so, you know, I have an amazing group of kids, and, and they will do, like I said earlier, they will do whatever they're asked to do. Um, and and that's, that's really what the success that we have is. You know, they, they love each other. They'll fight for each other. And, you know, if somebody's – you know, if we've got a 17-play drive going in the shoots, which we do sometimes, wow. and guys, guys start going down, you know, you should see them, boy. That they pick each other up and they just keep fighting. And that, you know, I can hear them telling each other, "Hey, this is this is what we're about right here." You know, if we can't do this in practice in the shoots, then we can't do it on game day. And you better believe we're going to have some seventeen play drives. <laughs> so, yeah. it's a uh, it's really special to be around. Yeah, O line's a special group. There's yeah. no doubt about it, man. It's the most self selfless guys on the field. Period. Absolutely. Uh, they're they're pleasers. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they are. You know, they we we my my kids is an interesting situation. We've got a, a our our football complex, and then our football fields in the middle, and then there's a school on the other side called Harding Academy where my kids go. And so you know that end zone down there, that corner is where uh, my offensive line practices. So whenever we come out to practice. We'll be out there 10 minutes before pre-practice starts, and my kids are crawling all over those guys and <laughs> they're throwing them around, and it's, you know, it's just a big family. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's what it's about.
Ja. Ja, heck yeah. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on with us today, man. And uh, Coach McLeod, I think that's all the questions we had on our list. Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. No, we really appreciate it, Coach. You know, it was awesome to get to talk to you. Um, you know, it's not often we get to talk to an O-line coach in this offense, uh, you know, at your level. So that that's a that's a positive. And uh, we really, really appreciate you taking time away from your family for a little bit and talking a little option football for the listeners. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. I enjoyed it. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple on Twitter. Our MeshPoint podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at the Mesh Point. Again, on Twitter, at the Mesh Point. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled Podcast where you can download future episodes. All right, Tony, I want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and you know we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, MeshPoint gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.